One Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for more information, please visit us on the web at onechurch.net. And uh, we're looking at the various characters of the Christmas story and asking the question, if they were to tell us the Christmas story, what would they say? How would they tell us the Christmas story? And uh, tonight, I want to look at a character of the Christmas story, and I'm going to make it quick, but um, I want to look tonight for a few moments at the story of the innkeeper. And uh, the fact is that the Bible actually doesn't tell us a lot about the innkeeper. He's not a main character in the Christmas story. The only thing that we know about the innkeeper is, is... really by inference out of verse 7 of the passage that we just read. And here's the little statement that the Bible tells us in that passage that Larissa just read. In verse 7, it says that Mary and Joseph brought their firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for him in the inn. I want to just draw your attention to that phrase. They They brought him and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. We don't know much about the the innkeeper, but we do know this, that that he had a a place, an inn, and, and we know that when Mary and Joseph came to the inn, we know his response was, I'm sorry, we're full, we have no room. Now, we often think about... um. The inn, when you hear the inn, you may think of the Alphand Inn. <laughs> you may think of a, a beautiful hotel. But actually, uh, history tells us that it was probably not a public hotel that Mary and Joseph came to. At that time, it would have been much more common for that actually to be a room on a person's house that they would open up and they would welcome in family and friends and travelers to come in. Some commentators on this passage actually think that perhaps the innkeeper was actually a family member of Joseph because that was his hometown. That was where his family came from. And so some people think that it was actually perhaps a family member. And when Joseph came, the the response was, I'm sorry, Mary and Joseph, uh, but we have no room. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was the innkeeper, I think I would be kicking myself. (laughs) I mean, talk, to, talk about a missed opportunity. Anybody ever had a missed opportunity? I, I, I think there's, there's hardly a pain. There's hardly, uh, you know, a, a feeling quite like, man, I've missed my moment. And if there was ever a moment that was missed, this is the greatest moment. The greatest moment in history, the pinnacle of all of human history. And this innkeeper had the opportunity likely to have been the first person to see Jesus, but he just had no room. I don't know about you, but I feel like I'd like to grab that innkeeper by the robe or lapels or whatever he was wearing and say, man, you're missing your moment. You're missing your moment. But here's what I want to say to us. Let's not beat up on the innkeeper. How many times do we miss our moment? How many times does Jesus come to us, perhaps not 
in the way he came to the end that night. But how many times does Jesus come to us through the Holy Spirit? God draws near to us with his presence, with his life. And our response is simply, I'm sorry, I don't have any room. I'm too busy. I've got too much going on. Jesus, have you seen my schedule lately? There's no room. I have no room. And here's the reality that I think the innkeeper tells us is that one of the greatest hindrances to our spiritual life is simply a lack of availability. The fact is that for most of us, if you're here tonight, you will probably not drift into outright idolatry, but we may miss our moment through simply a lack of availability. Many times we see throughout the scripture, Jesus coming to people, revealing himself to people, presenting himself to people, and the answer that he finds is, I'm sorry, I just have too much going on. There's one place he calls some disciples. They say, I'm sorry, Jesus, I've just gotten married. I'm taking some time off. Jesus, I'm sorry, I've just bought some cattle. I'm starting a business. I've got a lot going on. Jesus, I'm sorry, I've just had a death in the family. I can't make it. And Jesus says, let the dead bury their dead. In other words, what he's saying is you're missing your moment. You're missing your moment. The Bible records in the book of Luke that Jesus later looks over Israel and he laments and he mourns and he says, Israel, you've missed the time of your visitation. That should be a warning. That should be a, or maybe I should say it this way, that should be a caution to all of us that we can miss our moment. The Bible says in the book of Revelation that Jesus is standing at the door knocking. He's standing at the door of our lives and he's knocking. He's knocking. He's knocking. He's looking for a place to come in. He's looking for people who will welcome him. Looking for people who will not just be so busy with the stuff of life that we forget the very source of life, and that is Jesus. At this Christmas time, it's so easy to get filled with so many things. And forget it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. So we look to the year ahead. I want to ask you, have you made room? Are you making room for Jesus in your life? A.W. Tozer, the great pastor and spiritual writer of the 20th century, said this. He waits to be wanted. Too bad with many of us. He waits so long, so very long in vain. He's waiting for us. You see, many of us can fall into what I would call stable spirituality. And, and here's what I mean by that. The innkeeper said, I'm sorry, I don't have any room in my house. How many of you know when a guest comes to stay, even the best guest, they take over. Warner knows what I'm talking about. How many of you know that? If, you're, if you currently have family in town, staying with you and they're sitting by you, just look straight ahead, act like you don't know what I'm talking about. But how many of you know, even the best of circumstances, a house guest doesn't just kind of fit in. They, it, it disrupts everything. And, and, and that's what Jesus is saying. I've come not just to fit in, I've come to take over your life. I want your life. But so many times we settle for stable spirituality. 
And here's what that is. Just like that innkeeper said, I'm sorry, I don't have any room, but I'll give you a stable. I'll give you a stable. You can go in the stable. And here's the thing about the stable. The stable is nice because when Jesus is in the stable, he doesn't disrupt my life. Let me just, Jesus, could you just stay in the stable? When I need you, I'll call you. I'd like for you to be close enough that if I have a problem, I can just kind of run to you. And I may even come and visit you once or twice a year, Jesus, but I don't actually want you to come in and take over. Just kind of get in the stable. Stay in the stable, if you would, Jesus. The stable spirituality, and so many times we miss the blessing of Jesus because we settle for stable spirituality. Not just at Christmas, but every year, Jesus wants to live with us. That's the good news of Christmas. God with us. God with us. So here's my question for you today. As we prepare for Christmas, as we prepare for a new year that is just ahead of us, have you made room for Jesus? Have you made room for Jesus. And I want to just give you a, a, a few things very quickly that I believe every one of us needs to do to make room, places in our lives that we need to make room for him. Number one, I believe that we need to make room in our hearts. We need to make room for Jesus first in our hearts. You see, as I said earlier, most of us will not wake up one day and just say, if I'm, I'm a follower of Jesus one day, the next day wake up and go, Jesus, I want nothing to do with you. Most of us will not do that. But what will happen is the clutter of life will begin to creep in. Anybody have a room like that in your house? It's just the clutter room. <laughs> Oftentimes our hearts can become cluttered by what Jesus calls the cares of life. Now, nobody's going to ever look down on you for prioritizing your career. Nobody's ever going to look down on you for taking time with your family. No one is ever going to look down on you for managing the affairs of life. And all of those things are good. They are the things of life that we're called to be faithful and do those things. But there is one thing that is above everything and that is Jesus. He is above everything. That's why David says, said this, although he had, he had experienced the pinnacle of success as the king of Israel, he had it all, yet he said this, your loving kindness is better than life. Your loving kindness is better than life. Let me tell you, there's nothing that will satisfy your life like a relationship with Jesus. How's your heart? How's the condition of your heart? Is it cluttered? And maybe you need to just make some room in your heart. The second thing I think we need to do is not only make room in our hearts, but we also need to make room in our priorities. Our priorities. You see, our priorities are the reflection of the affection of our hearts. What we value the most will show up in our priorities. And so many times we can be like the innkeeper that says, Jesus, I love you and I love everything else. But as I said earlier, Jesus doesn't come to take part. He comes to take over. He won't be a side piece. He will, he will rule and reign over everything. 
our priorities. We need to make room, as the Apostle Paul says, that he's above all and before all, and in him all things exist. He's the priority. And everything else takes its cue from him. And so we need to make room not only in our hearts, we need to make room in our priorities. And the third thing that I think the the innkeeper may tell us is this, that we need to make room in our days. We need to make room in our days. What do I mean by that? This is what I mean, that your life is made up of your days. Have you ever journaled your time? I know it's the new year is coming, and we're all going to be keeping track of our time and our budgets and our diets and all of those things again. But if you've ever taken the time to sit down and write what you do with your time, it's a sobering exercise because you recognize where your life is going, where your time is going. And so many times we say, Jesus, you can have my life, but your life is made up of your days. And if Jesus is not having your days, if he is not the preeminent one in our lives, then we are living like the innkeeper. Jesus, just move over. Let me keep you on the side. And let me tell you, here's here's the, the reason that this should be an encouragement to all of us is because When Jesus comes to us, he comes to bring the goodness of God, the life of God, the presence of God. And so here's what I want to ask you today. Worship team, you can come back up. At this Christmas time, have you made room for Jesus? Have you made room? I know you're here tonight, and this is not at all a word of correction, but it is a, a challenge for all of us should be a uh, provocation for all of us. How is our life? Are we filled with so many good things that we miss out on the most important thing? And that is Jesus. I want to ask you, if you would, to stand back up to your feet.